0: It is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 35 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. Have you ever been told that you're codependent or have you ever wondered if you were? Do you even know what the term codependency means? I think codependency is one of those terms that's often thrown around without people really understanding what it means. So for today's episode, I wanted to chat with someone who could help us unpack this term a bit. Today, I am joined by Nedra Glover-Tawab. Nedra is a licensed clinical social worker who operates Kaleidoscope Counseling in Charlotte, North Carolina. She helps people learn how to be in healthy relationships with themselves and others. Nedra is the creator of the Empowered Planner for people who desire to be reflective, intentional, and productive. Nedra is passionate about teaching people to rewrite their narrative and create the life they want. Nedra and I chatted about the definition of codependency, how to know if the definition fits you, how someone becomes codependent, and strategies you can use to become less codependent. I definitely learned a lot from her and hope that you will too. Here's our conversation. So thank you so much for joining us today, Nandra. Thank you so much. So I'm happy for you to be with us today to talk about something that I think is often thrown around but that people don't often really know what it means. Um, So you are joining us today to talk about codependency. So can you give us a definition of what codependency is?
1: Yes, I think that Codependency is a lot of times used to describe people in NA or AA, but it also applies to folks who are in unhealthy relationships at the expense of themselves in any sort of scenario. It doesn't have to just be addiction or um, some traumatic behaviors. I like to think of it also in a context of just having attachment tendencies that are not healthy for you.
0: So what does this really look like? Like, how do you know if either you are codependent or if you're in a codependent relationship?
1: I think lots of times, you know, clinically we have seen it as dependent personality disorder. Sometimes we see it in folks who may be diagnosed as borderline. Sometimes we see it in marriages and family relationships and sometimes in relationships with people with their with themselves or their friendships. I think lots of times codependency looks like um, people who don't have healthy boundaries in relationships and you'll hear them say things like, people walk all over me, nobody listens to me, I date the same person. Um, Some of those things to me are indicators that there may be some codependency going on in your relationships.
0: So are there things that you found that um, might make it more likely that you would end up in a codependent relationship?
1: Yes, I think sometimes people have a history of, whether it's from their family of origin or whether it's from previous relationships, they have a history of being a certain type of person in their relationships with people. Sometimes we can see this when we have parents who may nurture us to be a certain sort of person. And so you don't have the opportunity to develop boundaries and a very clear identity. And so once you get into a relationship with another person, you take on the characteristics of that person and never really have that clear sense of self. And so whatever they're into, you're into. Whatever their issues are, they become your issues. And so a lot of times we think that, oh, I just like these things, but it's really based on you not having a clear understanding of who you are and where you come from.
0: Now, this is why I love doing these interviews, because I find myself always learning something new, so I did not know that that could be like a characteristic of codependency like this. Um, and you sometimes hear people joke about it, right? Like they have this friend who is always into something new, depending on who they're dating.
1: Yes, yes, I, so, I think that's a a common phenomenon with it uh-huh. that our friend gets into, you know, they get into this relationship and they become, you know, a sports enthusiast, or they become, oh my God, she really likes this band, I'm really into this band now, or you know, your friend gets into a relationship, and you don't hear from the friend, you know, I think that also is an indicator of something greater going on because you should be able to maintain your sense of self even in
0: your relationship got you so is this always a bad thing i mean you know we often hear um and of course in the field we talk about like the need for support and to have a support system and you know to really kind of have close relationships with other people um so is codependency always a bad thing
1: Not necessarily. I think that, you know, some relationships can have codependent elements and not necessarily be codependent. For example, if someone's in a relationship, let's say a woman is in a relationship with a male and that woman doesn't drive and he takes her everywhere. But for them, it's a mutual agreement. It's beneficial for both of them. He likes to drive her and she likes to receive that nurturing in that way. I wouldn't necessarily describe that as codependent. But if it is a hindrance to you, if you're not able to go to work at a certain time because you have to drop this person off, or if it is problematic for you and you have, you know, these concerns around being, having to do this in your relationship, then I think it could be problematic. But certainly there are some elements in relationships that, you know, could be described as codependent, but it's not necessarily an issue for you or for your relationship.
0: So it sounds like there is an important kind of distinction to make here and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe I am just thinking about it differently. Um, So you can kind of yourself have characteristics of somebody who may be codependent, but you could also end up in a codependent relationship like those things are separate.
1: Are you saying if if two codependents can end up in a relationship with each other
0: no i'm saying um like you may not necessarily be someone who would describe yourself as codependent but then you end up in a codependent relationship like could those things be separate
1: absolutely i think sometimes you know we don't know what we're capable of until we get into certain relationships and you'll sometimes hear people say i've never done X, Y, and Z until I was with this person. Mm. I think that is because there are relationships that bring that element of ourselves out that we didn't know existed until maybe this person triggered something from back, back, back in our closet that we had no clue was still there. And so we, we, be, we become this person that is uncharacteristic of us that we need to work through for whatever reason. You know, you, a lot of times you'll have folks say, Oh my gosh, I've dated people before and I've never really had any relationships, but it's something about this guy, you know, and I always wonder what is it exactly about that guy? Because if he's not um, like anyone else that you dated, you know, he's triggering something. He's triggering something from your past, something that's familiar. And that's a part of the work that we have to work through. You know, what is it that he's bringing out that, you know, probably need to be brought out so you can address it?
0: So can you give me some examples of like some of the things that are triggered? Because I always think that's really interesting, right? Like I believe that sometimes we do get into relationships to try to heal some part of us that has not been healed. And so certain partners kind of trigger that for us. Um, Can you talk about like maybe some specific examples of like triggers that you've seen in your work?
1: I think sometimes you know triggers could be you dating a certain type of male based on your belief system you know sometimes we have this these beliefs around who people are so for example if I say you know all men cheat then I date all men that cheat and then I say oh my gosh I get in these relationships and I have to do all of this stuff to keep men faithful when really that's your issue and because it's your issue you have to find people who also have that issue so you can work through that that part of yourself that that needs to work on that thing
0: got you and you often um i've also heard about things like um like codependence anonymous right like so do those groups still exist and do you know like what kinds of things maybe would happen in those groups
1: Those groups exist, but they're few and far between. You know, Mm -hmm. what you hear more about is Al-Anon, and Mm -hmm. Al-Anon has a lot of those same principles in terms of helping you to set boundaries, helping you to form healthy, healthy attachments, helping you to kind of figure out how these dependency issues started, helping you to develop some sense of assertive communication because i think a lot of times that's how you get out of the codependency is to begin to look at what you're doing evaluate the impact it's having on your life and and maybe start to implement some new strategies so that you can maybe be in that relationship but just in a different way and just be in relationships generally in a different way what i have found though that is really interesting is that people If they're doing it in one relationship they're probably doing it in other relationships and they haven't even noticed until they get into you know the one friendship or the one dating relationship that really highlights this thing and they start to see oh my gosh I have this issue with this person but once we start to get into it it's it's a common thread throughout your relationships with people because we're always ourselves in all of our relationships and so a lot of those things are present um, in any sort of relationship that we have, but it may be magnified in one relationship over the other.
0: That sounds really fascinating, Nedra. um, And I guess that question or your response made me think about at what point would someone then come into therapy with you? Like, Do you feel like there is some incident that kind of happens where people feel like, okay, I probably need to talk to somebody about that?
1: I think people get to a breaking point. I think after you've had a history of being in relationships with people who walk all over you or nobody listens to me and you have like this pattern that you're starting to see or you know, maybe you're in a dating relationship and you know, you just, you just feel like maybe you're not getting what you need from that person. I think you get to a point where you say, okay maybe maybe something is going on because this seems like a common thing or it seems like a new thing that i don't want to continue to occur so how do i begin to address it so lots of times i think people come to counseling definitely around a crisis so when they've had you know a huge blow up in a relationship when a friendship or you know relationships at work seem especially troubling They're like, oh my gosh, I need to go and talk to someone. And when they come in, you know, we start to dissect not only that relationship, but how you function in other relationships, where where's your assertiveness in other relationships? Where are your boundaries in in other relationships? And we talk a lot about, you know, how it's healthy to have boundaries, how, you know, other people have boundaries, you have boundaries, and how we so easily, you know, respect the boundaries of other people, but we have such a hard time setting them for ourselves with people.
0: And something else you mentioned, Nendra, was the need for like assertive communication. And I think often when I am working with women, um, there will be these things that come up around not wanting to be mean or um, really having this need to be nice. So how do you work with that with your clients? Because I would imagine that kind of thing comes up often.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the main reasons that people tend to be passive is that they don't want to be mean. They don't want to be seen as the bad guy. We want to engage in some level of people pleasing because we believe that to be in relationships that we have to please those people in relationships with. And I relate it to, you know, other people have boundaries. If you can think of all the people you know, lots of them have boundaries and we so easily respect their boundaries so what is the issue with us having those boundaries it's not mean to have boundaries it's not you know mean for your grandmother to say you know hey when you come in the house take your shoes off she wants to keep her house clean and we don't think about it that way until somebody points it out and say oh yeah she does have a boundary and you can have some too what are your boundaries
0: so what are some ways that you can begin to help people set some of those boundaries
1: I think the first thing is to help people identify what they would describe a healthy relationship as. What what does a relationship with yourself look like? And what does a healthy relationship with someone else look like? And helping them to implement those strategies or those ideas into their relationship. So if you want to be in a healthy relationship and you want people to, be able to respect you and you want to be able to be authentic with people that will require some level of assertiveness you know you're going to have to if you want to be authentic you're going to have to say to people this is what I would like no I would not like this those things aren't me those things are just being firm or you know being present in who you are and not just saying okay okay I'll go along with it we all have an identity and it's okay to show it. So I think helping people to set boundaries and to have expectations of people and to express their needs to people is a large part of what I help them with.
0: And do you find that that's something that people kind of tend to take to pretty easily or are there struggles with um, learning how to set healthier boundaries for themselves?
1: I believe initially there's a struggle because what happens when we set healthy boundaries, lots of times the people around us, they don't like it
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: we have been a pushover or passive for so long. And now you're deciding which movies you want to go see. You're deciding what food you want to eat, whether or not you want to go to someone's birthday party. You know, those things are all very difficult things to accept from a person who has been a certain way for so long. So in any relationship with your mom, with, other family members in dating relationships, all of a sudden having clear ideas about what you want, that can be challenging. And so for many people, they may be okay starting to initiate, but the folks around them, you know, are definitely discouraging because, you know, there is some buy-in for you, you know, staying the way that you are.
0: Right, and so I wonder if that then leads to them, you know, I would think maybe like a stall in treatment if they are starting to like lose friends or if it's causing like a lot of chaos in their life, there may be more resistance to actually kind of continuing with that boundary setting.
1: Well, we talk a lot about um, being assertive and not aggressive.
0: And Mm. I think lots
1: of times where you start to lose friends and when you start to see a lot of disruption, I assess whether you're being aggressive with it. Because what tends to happen is, if you haven't had any boundaries, and now you're like, "I'm empowered. I'm gonna have all of my boundaries today. <laughs> you lay them all. You lay them all that day, and everybody has been read their rights. It's like, what did you just do? That that has gone too far. But what we can do is baby steps. You know, you start with the small thing. So if your friend says to you, "Hey, do you want to go to a concert? and you know that you don't like trap music that's an excellent time for you to assert yourself and say no thank you you don't go back five years and say you know every time you've invited me to you know those are not the steps that we're taking we're taking baby steps and we're just implementing things as they go
0: got you so can you give us more information about the distinction between assertiveness versus aggressiveness
1: So assertiveness is respectfully, clearly stating what you want. Aggressiveness is being pushy with your agenda. So when I think about it, I think about, you know, how we say it, you know, have we expressed our emotion behind that? So for example, if I don't want to go to a concert with you, how do I say that? And, you know, I think a respectful way to say that is to say, you know, thank you for the invite. I'm not going to go. But if you say to someone, you know, I don't like trap music. I'm not going to that concert. I think that's a little aggressive. And I think that it invites a confrontation. It's very easy to confuse the two, because I think that we think we're being aggressive, that we are getting our point across, but how are we getting across? What are we really trying to elicit from getting our point across in a pushy way? Because ultimately, we want to be accepted by people. So if you want people to accept this new you, you're gonna have to do it in a way that is respectful. We don't want you to lose friends. We don't want you to end relationships. The goal is for you to use your voice, but use it in a respectful way.
0: And I wonder if there is some intersection there between um, like this more aggressive kind of behavior and the stereotype around the angry black woman.
1: I, you know, I, I don't know if there's an intersection there necessarily, but I definitely think that when I think of the angry black woman, I think of someone, well, maybe there's an intersection. I think of someone who who's fed up mm-hmm. you know, and they get to that point where now they have to reach act everything and their reaction is so over the top that it does become this aggressive thing and sometimes inappropriately so and displaced. sometimes that anger is not even for this situation it's for another situation that they didn't address so I, I think we have to be very conscious of being present in moments with people and not necessarily allowing interactions to pass us by and not respond to those but responding to folks in the moment we don't want to be passive aggressive and say, you know, yes, I'll do it. And then go and tell, you know, everyone else, I didn't want to go with her anyway. Because <laughs> once you've done that 10 times, you know, the 10th time you'll say, I don't want to do it. You know, it becomes this big thing. So it's okay to say, Hey, you know, that doesn't work for me. I don't want to do it. Right. The, the first time it's asked, or, you know, if you can't do it the first time, you certainly can do it the second.
0: Yeah, so this, you know, really feels like the whole conversation around like no is a complete sentence and, you know, like really being okay with saying no. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about that, about how, um, like why we have such trouble saying no to people?
1: You know, it goes back to people pleasing. We feel like we should say yes to most things because people will like us. People will want to be around us. We're now the fun person. We don't wanna say, no, I don't wanna grab drinks after work because I wanna go home and watch TV. You know, we don't feel like that's a valid reason. So we have to say yes. We have to say yes to people because we want them in our lives. But saying no is a healthy thing for you. And I think about it this way you know, other people say no. You've been told no before and you've survived. So I think it's very likely that this person would be fine with a no. Maybe not all the time. But sometimes there are certainly people that you can say no and certain instances you can say no in.
0: So if someone is listening to our interview and realizes, oh my gosh, I think I have been codependent in relationships, um, what are some things that you would suggest that they might be able to do to start kind of maybe behaving differently in their relationships?
1: I would think about your boundaries in your relationships. So what are your boundaries? And if you can't come back with any, we have a problem because we have boundaries in all our relationships. I know one of my my boundaries that I like to utilize is turning my phone off at 8 p.m. I put on a do not disturb because I have to have some time to relax, to sort of regroup. Do you have any boundaries? That's the first thing I would assess. The second thing I would say is, how do you feel about the relationships that you're in with people? Do you feel like they are mutual relationships? Lots of times, if you're doing more in the relationship, you start to feel resentful. You start to feel this sort of attitude that you're always doing for pe- things for people or that you have to do things for people. When really, that's not a healthy relationship. Healthy relationships are one where You can support people and people can support you. So if you're finding yourself in one side of relationships, I would definitely consider getting some counseling or some treatment around being in a codependent relationship.
0: And do you have any resources you could suggest for somebody who might be struggling with this issue?
1: Yes. Um, My favorite book is codependent no more.
0: Oh, that's a classic.
1: That that is a classic. (laughs) Um, I think for most codependents, it's a wonderful book. I will give a caveat that it tends to focus heavily on substance abuse and addiction. However, they talk, they talk about codependency being applied to other things as well, but it is a great book just going over what is codependency, what does it look like, and how to work through it. Another book that I frequently suggest is Boundaries, Where You End and I Begin. My book is so tattered. I've probably read that book about 10 times. It's a (laughs) short read, but it's a great read just to check in and make sure that you're in a healthy relationship emotionally and physically. Because sometimes we don't think about um, boundary violations just in the context of being emotional, being physical, being sexual, and what those things actually look like. So the, the Boundaries, Where You End and I Begin is a great book to kind of highlight how to set boundaries and what do those look like? What are acceptable boundaries? And last, I think a really good book is Attached. And it talks a lot about dating and attachment. It talks about um, an anxious attachment style, avoidant attachment style, and a secure attachment style. And that book gives you a depiction of what it looks like to be in a relationship where people may may have some co- codependency things and how to still be in a relationship with those folks and figure out a way to mutually meet each other needs so this goes back to you know can we be in relationships that are codependent and sometimes we can you know and there are ways to do that depending on the level of codependency and so attach speaks really Really well to being able to be in relationships with people who may have some codependency.
0: So, you brought up an interesting point as you were describing that book around um, you may be able to continue in a relationship with somebody depending on the level of codependency. At what level would you say um, would not be an okay thing to kind of continue in the relationship?
1: I think when it becomes an extreme situation of enabling. Mm -hmm. When you are disabling people to a point where they are no longer able to care for themselves. We want people to be able to, not necessarily function independently, but definitely we all need assistance. We wanna be able to assist them, but we don't want it to be dependent on what we do for them, unless there's an extreme situation where someone is sick. But I think lots of times, when you need to terminate a relationship is when you have no fight left for yourself. We sometimes in relationships lose our sense of self-care, our sense of self-worth because we are so emotionally and physically involved in these relationships with unhealthy people that we are unable to to have any time or any energy for ourselves. And that does not make for a healthy relationship.
0: Got you, that sounds like a great description. So Nedra, can you tell us more about your practice and anything exciting you have going on?
1: Yeah, so I have a group counseling practice in Charlotte and I, I see you know a load of clients and then we have other therapists here who treat folks with the perspective of EMDR. We have yoga therapy, Gottman, EFT, CBT. We do a lot of mindfulness here Also a new venture for me is planning. So I have created a planner called the empower planner and the focus of the planner is just to encourage folks to be mindful and to engage in self care rituals. So for example, um, Just daily, I have an opportunity for you to check in for you to talk about what you're grateful for for you to talk about what you're feeling i wanted to incorporate the ability for you to journal but not journal because i know for a lot of people it's really challenging to commit to journaling but you really like the idea of journaling so being able to just in one sentence say this is how i feel you know this is what i'm grateful for these are my goals for myself these are my goals for work these are my goals for home but making sure that those self-care goals are important and that the emphasis is around the self-care goals and also being able to plan those other things in life. So um, I think uh, the planner was definitely created to encourage people to mindfully plan because I think so many times we're writing stuff down, we're doing stuff and we're not the center of those things. Why are these things really important to us? How do I check in with myself? So I wanted to create a space for us to be able to to do all of that and to be able to be productive while doing it.
0: That sounds wonderful. And where can people find out more about you, Nedra? And is the planner available like on your website?
1: The planner is available on my website, and my website is kaleidoscope counseling plc.com. And I am on Instagram, and you can follow me at kaleidoscope counseling. And the planner can be purchased um, on our website, or it can be, um, there's a link in our Instagram where you can click and be directed to purchase the planner.
0: Sounds good. And all of that information will be included in the show notes so that people can easily find it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Nedra. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Joy. It was a pleasure being on your
0: show. I'm so thankful that Nedra was able to join us for this episode to share her wealth of information please make sure to check out some of the books she mentioned, as well as her Empowered Planner. You can find links to all of this information in the show notes. You can find those at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 35. If you'd like to continue digging into this conversation, come on over and join us in the Thrive Tribe, which is the Facebook group for the show. You can find that at therapyforblackgirls.com slash tribe. If you're thinking that it's time for you to start talking to a therapist to help you work through any issues you might be struggling with or to help you become the best possible version of yourself, make sure to check out the directory to find a therapist in your area. You can find that at therapyforblackgirls.com directory. I'd also like to remind all the women in the Atlanta area that I will be offering at least one new therapy group beginning in January. So if you'd like to learn more about the group or to sign up, head on over to therapyforblackgirls.com slash shift, S-H-I-F-T. Please continue sharing your thoughts about the episodes with us online. And make sure you're using the hashtag TBG in session so that we can all follow along with the conversation. You also want to be sure that you're following us across all social media, so you don't miss any important announcements or helpful tips. You can find us on Twitter at Therapy4, the number 4, B-Girls. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Therapy for Black Girls. And just so you know, we have two more episodes after this one left for this year. The last episode for this year will be released on December 20th. And we'll be back with a brand new episode for the new year on January 3rd. I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care.